smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Cliff Schechter, here along with my favorite Greek Chicagoan co-host, John Aravosis. Hey, John. Are you saying I'm gay? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, anybody, like, anybody well, you knows. were looking for like adjectives and I could just hear in your head going, was I going to say gay or is gay like, is it? Actually, I really wasn't. I, oh, you I, weren't. I, okay. was, I was going for your, your ethnicity okay. and your city of origin. And, Paula and Zahn did that. To, did I ever tell you the Paula Zahn story when she did that to me on CNN? I'm on well, CNN you know let's, discussing. Let's introduce, a, oh, okay. Okay. introduce the guest and then we'll talk. But yeah. All right. We're here with Matt Robeson. Matt Robeson is a lot of things. Uh, excellent guy on the not track a gay team Greek, though, in I'm high school. He's not gay, Greek, or from Chicago, to my okay. understanding. I went to high school with nope. him in New York, um, which is it's funny looking back now. Um, Matt and I reconnected because we both work in this crazy political business. He managed uh, a successful congressional win in 2012 in what Stuart Rothenberg called the biggest upset of the cycle. He also uh, was chief of staff for former Congressman Paul Hodes, who sadly did not become U.S. Senator Paul Hodes, lost to Kelly Iote in what I think was a close race, and we'd be much better for it. But he, he did a great job managing that race for Paul Hodes. So he's a brilliant political guy. He's also a writer, is a, a featured writer at Alternate. Um, we'll talk about some of his pieces as time goes on, but a lot of election stuff today. We've got polls out there. we got Donald Trump being Donald Trump, and so that affects the election. We'll talk about a few of Matt's pieces we may go back to the fact that John's gay. Whoever knows on this knows? podcast. But, um, but first, we're going to start with Omaha Steaks after after yes. Matt says hi. Hi, Matt. Because <laughs> Matt? Thanks for having me on. I, I really might need closure on that Paul Azan story at some point. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, let's, let's we do, need to let's talk do, about that. We can't, let's do Omaha Steaks, and then we'll do that. So and then folks, you know what I'm going to yep, do, John? Oh. I'm going to tell you quickly my Paula's on story. But go oh, ahead. Okay. I like her a lot. I'm kind of sad that she kind of disappeared. Anyway. I so, agree. Summer is all about grilling, and no one understands grilling better than Omaha Steaks. Their grand summer grill-out package lets you stay home and eat like you're at the best steakhouse in town, all for much less. They've got, oh God, here we go. They've got bacon-wrapped filet mignon. Oh my God. Pork chops, chicken. Eat for a little bit. <laughs> kielbasa <laughs> and more, all delivered to your door with ease. And right now, oh, okay, and right now, Omaha Steaks is offering an exclusive deal on this amazing package. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code LIBERAL into the search bar. And for this week only, Omaha Steaks will add four burgers and four gourmet jumbo franks. And by the way, they're amazing jumbo franks. Uh, free with your order. Omaha Steaks delivers guaranteed quality and safety with every order. Your order will arrive flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and safely delivered to your door in a cooler with dry ice. And it's really a huge chunk of dry ice. My dog had a lot of fun with it. I mean, in the sink, pouring down on her. Uh, We'll talk about that later. Go to omahasteaks.com, type liberal in the search bar, and order the Grand Summer Grill-Out Package. For this week only, you'll also receive four Jumbo Franks and four Omaha Steaks burgers free to complete your steakhouse experience. omahasteaks.com, enter the code liberal in the search bar. There we go. So, no, it's a very quick story, but it, it was it was basically, I was on Paul's on, on CNN, early 2000s, talking about the Iraq, something about Iraq, you know, the war, how badly it was going. And I remember I was with... Uh, John Soltz, I think, from Vote Vets. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Paula, there's a mid-broadcast. Paula goes, so John, you're gay. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> I must have turned, I mean, I've been on her, show. she knew me because I had gone on Fox News to discuss gay topics when she was on Fox. So she knew I was openly gay, so it wasn't an issue. But it was so, I mean, I was there talking about Iraq. It was so out of the blue. My face must have turned white because the staff afterwards was like, oh, we're so sorry. I was like, 
yeah. And Bobby, you're on live TV. Like, what do you do? And it's hard to explain to people, like, if you're not gay, it... I, there was a famous book, Betty Brazan was this famous like uh, PhD, philo- not philosophy, but like social counselor type. Oh. And she had a Everybody lot of great books. Class, she had to learn about that among the first things you learned about. She oh, about her? Well, yeah, Betty Fredon. I mean, women's oh, no, lib. Oh, no, Brazan, Brazan. It's not Fredan. Oh, oh, I misheard you. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. B-E-R-Z-O-N. And basically she wrote a lot of good like self-help books about coming out. And it was neat because like, you know, from a psychological perspective. And one one of the things she wrote was about how she said, you know, like she, the plumber was coming over and her girlfriend wasn't there. And, and he kept asking like, hey, where's the man? I see somebody else lives here. Why isn't he helping you do this? And she said, sometimes you just don't feel like coming out to the plumber. You know, even though she's out in books and everything. And it's kind of the same thing. Like sometimes you just don't feel like coming out, even though you're out. And it was just in the middle of an Iraq discussion. I didn't feel like the whole audience going, oh, he's gay. <laughs> but anyway, it was <laughs> it reminded me of your intro because I felt like you were fishing for words and like going, should I say he's gay? Should I not say he's gay? So I got to say, now that you said it, yes. one of the coolest moments that's ever happened to me in uh, politics, hmm. I went on Paul Tom's show way back when. I've been on her show two or three times. And that yeah. night, the, that night the right was pushing that because of rap music, that was what was causing all the misogyny in our society. None of it was coming from the right. You know, that's what the people on the right. Were A lot saying. of so rednecks in the south listening to rap music, are they? Exactly. So I was arguing with Amy Holmes. Do you remember her, African American oh yeah. Republican? Yeah, yeah, she was yeah. Semi prominent for a while. I don't know if she left yeah. the party or she was given in to their insanity. But even back then she was pushing way too hard to make yeah. George Bush seem sane, George W. Yes. Bush. And so we argued and I was, and I was like, Oh, I'm like, that's pretty funny. I'm like, so every time Rush Limbaugh, um, every time Rush Limbaugh can't fill uh, his empty container of Oxycontin uh, and starts yelling feminazi, 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 like a parrot on his show. I'm like, that that's rap you're saying. Is that correct? Um, and Paul is on started laughing. The segment, <laughs> the segment got picked up and it went viral. And oh. the next day on Rush Limbaugh's show, oh. he stands up and says, so some, some supposed expert named Cliff Schechter brought it up, took it upon himself to attack me on Paula Jones, Paula's on show last night. Huh? Never heard of him. And then moved on. <laughs> and for when I first started my blog, it was Cliff Schechter, some expert, Never heard of him. Was on you, my you, had, you have the audio clip? We ought to have that for the show. We should. Let me go back. Oh. And try. It's got to be out. There. Get it. Get it to I mean, me. We. I can. I can play games. I mean, it was for the longest time, but it was. It was one of my best moments. I think somebody. I'm trying to remember who it was. Maybe Robert Greenwald sent me like a, a, a bottle of champagne. Um, yeah, that's, or something that's like good, that. At the time, just because. One. Because and friends of mine who actually were conservative or who were at Media Matters, either way, who listened to that goober. I got like a half dozen calls like you were insulted on Rush Limbaugh. And I was like, that's that yep. makes me so happy. So, anyways, so let's move, move to on. our guest. You know, yes, let's move Shall to we? our guest. I'm enjoying this. Don't don't rush along because of me. No I, you know, but we can. The problem is we can and do do this. Like when it's just us, it's nice because we can kind of get off on interesting anecdotes about life. And and then we sort of forget like, oh, yeah, we've got a guest. <laughs> Oops. I know. <laughs> well, but, you know, in a way, I feel like hopefully that's why the podcast has done well. And it speaks to it because you and I. That's why we're a best selling Apple podcast. That's why we're a top 200 best selling Apple podcast. That politics. and a token gets you on the subway. Sometimes not exactly. even. Um, so anyway, so. So yeah, let's. Uh, where should we start? I, I would definitely like to start with elections, and then we can move a little later. To Matt has also written a really interesting piece for Alternet 
about the coronavirus and going back to school. Um, but maybe start with some election stuff first, Cliff, you think? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, look, you're a, 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 I consider anyhow, a brilliant political analyst looking at the at the sort of meta picture. Um, we've had a lot of polling out there. There's no doubt the argument over the last month has been, you know, you've seen it from, I mean, seen it from non-democratic quarters. In other words, from the small C conservative type uh, analysts, Larry Sabato and his crew, Cook and some of them, that these numbers against Trump are, are now actually starting to harden to the point where where people have made their decision and they've just decided that this guy is what we, all, the three of us, I'm sure always knew he was, was sort of an in, incompetent grifter who can't, you know, do, won't do anything, doesn't care to do anything. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? What are your thoughts on where we are and the dangers of a Trump comeback? Well, you know, as you know, at this point in the campaign, uh, as you've kind of come down to the last four months in the presidential, what you start to see from the pollsters is a shift from a registered voter screen to a likely voter screen. And so, you know, it, that tends to make you nervous as a Democrat because there's a differential there. Um, Republicans uh, are are demographically part of groups that are just more likely to show up to vote. Um, and so as you see that shift, you tend to see this effect where the polls start to tighten. And that creates a little bit of nervousness. But I agree that you're starting to see a, a, a little bit of a, of a comfortable cushion if you're a Democrat. Um, you know, that, that shift from the registered voter screen where you're seeing polls up in the uh, 12 to 15 point range, if you look at the Washington Post, uh, look at Monmouth, um, as they shift over to the likely voter screen, um, you're, you're seeing a drop of, of three to five points. That's a little more than you typically see. Um, you know, 538 reckons that it's about a one point drop. But, you know, you're still left with a pretty substantial margin. And unlike a month ago where we were in polling, you're beginning to see some of those leads reflected in the swing state polling. So, you know, if you're a Democrat, you really like to see that. You like to see the stability. You like to see the point that Harry Enton's made on CNN that um, Biden is consistently above 50 percent. Um, which is which is a very important benchmark no. um, because you don't need to pull in. Um, you don't need to win anybody else. Uh, from I mean, if you can stay. Right, exactly. You're, you're there. Um, so I think it's an important guys. point, Matt. I don't want right. to stop you, but I think for people that don't do this as much as us, they often don't understand when we'll say somebody's in deep trouble, even if they had like, so John Cornyn comes to mind because there was a poll that came out that showed him at 42%. I think MJ Hagar was at something like 33 or something. And somebody said, you know, he's in, in a lot of trouble, Cornyn. People, and some people reacted and they were like, why? He's up nine points, forgetting that, you know, unless there's a multi-candidate, you know, grouping, 42 doesn't win it. If you're stuck at 42 as an incumbent and the only thing about your, your opponent is that they lack name recognition, if they can raise the money, they can win. Right. So the over 50 mark that's is right. really important here or being close to 50. I just felt that was important to say. No, that's absolutely right. And, you know, and actually to put a finer point on that or just, you know, just to build on what you're saying, there's been a lot of digital ink spilled recently about the, the so-called double haters. You know, the, the race in 2016 was between historically the two most unpopular uh, party nominees in the history of polling uh, in Clinton and Trump. And there was a big segment, about 20 percent of uh, the cross-section of the electorate disliked both of them. And Trump won those so-called double haters by a pretty substantial margin, and that's now reversed. Um, uh, Quinnipiac showed that Biden was up among double haters by 32 points, and NBC had him up by 50 points. So, you know, you start to see the, the theme that you're talking about here, which is 
Um, Trump's got to make up ground, but he doesn't, he doesn't have that same kind of undefined nexus of people out there who aren't sure, they feel ambivalent. Um, he is, he's really got an uphill climb. Now, there are some, there are some less uh, encouraging breadcrumbs out there, but um, I think that's a good starting point. I, I don't know if that jives with what you guys are seeing, but that's, that's certainly the, the bulk of what I'm seeing out there. Well, no, I mean, that, that actually goes very well with what, what, again, these guys have been saying. I mean, it was funny when, funny when that Quinnipiac poll came out that showed Biden up 55 to 40. And again, I'll remind people, you need to do everything. Don't get overconfident. The Republicans will cheat. This should be something that we say all the time. Suppress votes and the rest. And who knows what Barr is going to be up to. But when that happened, you know, one of the guys, I can't remember his name, who works with Sabato was like, uh, he's like, remember, he didn't say it this way, but essentially said, remember when you were giving us all shit the other day? When we moved Indiana, Missouri, Alaska, Montana, in, you know, Indiana, you know, states, these states from solid Republican to only likely Republican. Yeah, this is what we're seeing in the states, too. Um, yeah, it seems like, yeah, it seems like he's starting to lose a lot of white voters, which, again, you know, embarrassingly, it takes a lot, apparently. To, to to lose white voters and be a Republican these days. But I mean, like some of those polls are showing it neck and neck for the white vote, in which case Trump is completely fucked. You know, you know what I'm wondering right. to some degree, guys, is whether whether Trump just totally underestimated coronavirus. And I don't mean what I mean is he believed his own skewed polls, just like the Romney problem, meaning he believed Fox News. He believed what we believed, which was shit. Half the country really doesn't want to wear masks, right? Half the country is really pissed about this. And a lot of the polls were showing it wasn't really half the country. It might have been 15, 20 percent who were kind of the crazies, right? But it wasn't really – it wasn't the normal divide of Republicans are crazy and Democrats are normal when it came to the virus. And I think even we were falling for it. But Cliff, am I wrong? I mean some of the polls were really showing that – there was more support for masks than we thought. There's more concern about the virus than we thought. And it wasn't yeah. just Democrats. And that's, no, what, absolutely. In other words, that's what hurt Trump is he dug in believing Fox news, his own propaganda thinking, Hey, everyone who votes for me wants me to fight this. Let's fight this. And he was wrong. Would you like to, I mean, I can answer that Matt, but why don't you jump in? Cause my yeah. guess is you and I would be on the same page here. I think we're on the same page. I mean, I, I think one that's, that's interesting, John, because I think one of the, one of the things about a result like that is that, it's often helpful to look just one click down below the surface at some of the subgroups, you know, and what you, what you see in a result like that is it is kind of stratified based on, you know, what segment you're talking about. And, you know, what you've seen is seniors disproportionately do not feel that way. Um, yeah. College educated white voters disproportionately do not feel that way. Do and not feel what at the way? same time, it, do not feel that that same sense of ambivalence about mask wearing. Okay. About, you right. know, they don't lockdown. agree with Trump necessarily. You know, yeah, they're not <laughs> on board. Right. With the whole with the whole mask right. push here. And so, you know, and, and then subsequently, what you've seen in the last few months is that's exactly the, where you're seeing the most movement. You're seeing it among suburban voters. You're seeing yeah. it among college educated voters and you're seeing it among seniors. There's been a 20 point flip in uh, white senior support hmm. for Trump. He's still up by six points. But, um, you know, Clinton was underwater by 14 hmm. points. So, right. you know, it, it's a it, it's a big movement. And so you might be right, John. It might be that there was a little bit of buying into <clears> that narrative and not thinking about the groups that you really needed to hold on to, especially in these swing states, in order to carry the election. Hey, Cliff, yeah, I mean, you know what you know what time it is? 
<laughs> I'm going to go with... It's plexiderm time. <laughs> no way. So soon? Way. Way. Oh, my God. Well, that means I better open my damn window here. <laughs> I just Are realized you... it. I wasn't even... I was sitting here listening to Matt, and I went, oh, shit, we have to do ads. Not that we don't love it. You know why? Not that we don't love our ads. Because you know what I hate, John? And I know and what you Matt. hate. Zoom I eyes. I hate when social media pops up with a summer vacation pic from five years ago. Great memories. But ugh. It's like when you did these, when you had these wrinkles and bags around your eyes. Now, when did they show up? They weren't there then. They're there now. I know. You want to delete that picture, don't you? Well, delete. not delete. Not this summer. More, no more pop-up pics of me. Are you can let me read this. Joke? I'm sorry. I just love this ad. It gets better and better as we go on. No more, no more pop-up pics of, of me with deep wrinkles, fine lines, and bags under my eyes. And no, I didn't get surgery. I got Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet and under eye bags, all in the comfort of your own home in minutes. Plexiderm goes on clear, lasts for hours. Nobody will know your secret or that you tried it, and you will look 10 years younger. Wow, that's kind of cool. The results will blow you away. Get Plexiderm and love how you look and feel this summer in the mirror and in photos. Go to tryplexiderm.com and use the code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle plus an additional $10 off or a $14.95 trial pack today. You can get that by calling one 800 685-1292. That is 1-800-685-1292. And mention the code VOICES. Again, visit triplexterm.com and use the code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle plus $10 more off or the $14.95 trial pack when you also use VOICES but call 800-685-1292. Now that we're all looking great, feeling yep. wonderful, we'll get back to where we were. I did believe we were talking about these Trump voters. And, and that is the thing yes. I think that's been befalling the Republican party hmm. more and more the last decade as they've gotten more radical. I'm thinking about climate change. I'm thinking about gay rights. I'm thinking about gun control. I'm thinking, and now I'm thinking about masks. You see it again and again, where it's no longer a 50, 50 breakdown. It's not even a 60, 40. Some cases it's not even a 70, 30 on the mask hmm. thing. It was, uh, as I'm remembering correctly, tell me if I'm wrong, if you know better numbers, Matt, it's pretty close to 75, 25, or in some polls, close to 80% hmm. who were like, of course you should wear a mask. And so now yeah, you're not right. talking about the yeah. Republican Party. The, the higher income and higher educated Republicans are wearing masks. I know some of those folks. The sub suburban Republicans who often fit into this are wearing masks. You really are down to rural evangelical uh, without a college degree, much more men than women. I mean, you're really getting to the base of the base of the base. And they're pissing the rest of us off because, because you know, those other Republicans may say to themselves, yeah, you know, I don't have to work climate change. You know, yeah, it's happening, but we could probably do some stuff and it's 30 years away anyhow. And I'm in my 50s, so whatevs or whatever. But they're seeing people they know get coronavirus. This shit is blowing up in all sorts of states filled with suburban Republicans. I give you Arizona and Texas and Florida and, you know, Georgia. And, and so they can't just shrug it away. Um, and so I, I really do think this is changing people. I don't just think anecdotally, I know it. And in polls, I know it. I see it in, in data and I, I see it among anecdotally among people that I know. So, I mean, uh, they, yes, Trump. And, and then he's doing the same thing with this Confederate generals statues bullshit. Like he thinks everybody's behind that, you know. And most people are. Yeah. Like, are you? Yeah, yeah. What are you fucking talking about? Like, take care of the damn coronavirus. Bring the economy back. You think I can give a shit if Stonewall Jackson has a statue in the in the town square? Like, what do you? You know. And I just think he's he. They're so out of touch, and they and they 
They don't, I think some of them, obviously some of them can read numbers. They know it, but Trump is the candidate and he, they, you know, you, you have, you have to dance with the one that, that brung you and they decided to jump into bed with this lunatic and now they're, they're paying the price would be the way I see it. Yeah. I mean, look, A, I think that's a great point. B, I think it harkens back to what John was saying before that there may have been an early misread here, you know, beyond kind of the effects in some of these subgroups. There just might have been a basic strategic problem here that Trump has really lost a ton of credibility um, as a messenger across the board. And you see it, I mean, even in as simple a, a, a poll number as is the country on the right track? 72% say no, 28% say yes, which begs right. the question, who the hell are those 28% who look around and say, wow, this is going swimmingly. Um, but, you know, it, it does, it, it's interesting. There was sort of this nugget buried in this Washington Post story about a month hmm. ago about an off the record, um, some, someone on the campaign shared with a reporter that they had tried every different conceivable line of attack against Joe Biden uh, that they could think of across 17 states that they defined as swing states, and they really couldn't move the race at all. They threw the hmm. kitchen sink of toxic, you know, uh, uh, sprockets at Biden, and <laughs> in their polling, they went from a 3% Biden lead to 1% Biden lead. Hmm. And what that tells you is two things. One, uh, Trump has lost all credibility as a messenger, so that's a that's a good sign for Democrats. Hmm. Um, you know, and the other is. Um, you know, you hear a lot of messaging coming out of the Trump campaign recently about how, well, they're, they're still very competitive in their polling against a, quote unquote, defined Joe Biden. And, you know, when listeners hear defined in campaign speak, what that really means is that your pollster has done exactly, you know, what this off the record report was saying is they've taken their best attack lines. They've run them against their opponent and they've seen where the race ends up. So it's like, you know, if you and I were in a race. And uh, your pollster, you know, called up John and said, you know, would you vote for Matt Robeson if you knew that he was operating a puppy crushing factory 24 hours a day? And lo and behold, you got a result. Hey, Schechter's awfully competitive against Robeson. Right. To find <laughs> Matt Robeson. You know, and you see this kind of thing happen in congressional races frequently where, you know, in order to uh, pump up fundraising, the pollster will put out a memo and saying, oh, look, you can get this result. You can move it within the margin of error. But political reporters tend to roll their eyes at that. Anyway, the, the point is what? that you're really yeah. seeing some flailing and scrambling here. If that's the kind of messaging that they're putting out, which is, hey, we just get to attack, attack, attack. Both sides don't get to communicate. And then maybe we can get the right. race kind of close. That's an awfully good sign for Democrats. Why do you think the polls are showing that, though? And I guess what I mean is specifically – has Trump proven himself so toxic that they just tune out and go, I don't even care what you tell me about Biden? Or does Biden have some kind of a positive, you know, I think on the left, right? Because a lot of us, you know, I liked Biden, but he was kind of my number two. I liked Pete, right? Although Kamala right. was great and Warren was great. So yeah, Biden I, was only like my a, number four or five, if I'm being honest. I mean, nothing Biden? to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just based upon the others were good. Various other yeah. factors. And, and yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. But I, well, but I guess what I'm asking is just based on that, right? So I think for a lot of us listening, we might say Biden might not have been our number one, but I was fine with him just like I was fine with Kamala. Is, are we also seeing in the polls, therefore, that Biden isn't as not as negative, but not as milk toast as people think? That literally he's got this wholesome kind of dad image that when they try to throw stuff at him, it doesn't stick because they go, he's a nice guy. I like him. Or is it both? I mean, that, you know what I mean? But what's, why, why is the negative stuff not even working in their polls, you think? 
Well, there is a lot of literature about the impact of negative partisanship, um, which is the, the motivation not so much to vote for your gal or guy, but to vote against the other gal or guy. Right. And uh, you know, Dr. Rachel Bittecoffer, who was your guest uh, a few months back. Repeatedly. Uh, really, yes, we've uh, had her on a few times. Yes, really, you know, in her modeling, it, you know, it was really nailed election results. And, and she, you know, bases all of um, her view on just how powerful negative partisanship has become. And one of the criticisms that she has raised about the Democrats' messaging strategy in the past is that they are a little anodyne, milk toast, uh, especially in these blue dog, southern, moderate districts, um, they're not sufficiently aggressive. And of course, she recognizes that one of the reasons for that is that negative partisanship is, is the fundamental driver here, is that you're trying not so much to excite your side by what you say and do, um, which is sort of the Bernie Sanders strategy, you know, rile up your base. You're trying to present uh, less of a fat target for the other side. You're trying to incite less anger. Because people already um, hate and Trump reactive. enough and Republicans enough exactly. to turn out. And I mean, you know, I wrote a piece on this for the New York Daily News, I don't remember, hmm. a couple months ago, where I had fun making the comparison of saying that he should run a campaign just like Warren Harding. Uh, and then I had a whole lot of people like be like, he was a terrible oh, was president. A Why would you say he should be a president like Warren Harding? I'm like, <laughs> I didn't say he should be like Warren Harding in office. <laughs> Warren Harding in office was actually a lot more like Donald Trump. He, he was completely corrupt and completely inept. I don't think he was quite as much of a dick. Although he did cheat on his wife. I like that any rumors, of you know what Warren Heider Harding even did. That somebody could get pissed off. He was poisoned, but, well, yeah, here's the yeah. good part. There are rumors he was, huh. you know, he died in office, and there are rumors he was poisoned by his wife because he was having multiple affairs. He's not the one who died because he didn't wear. They thought he didn't wear his overcoat to the. Uh, now that's William Henry Harrison. Harrison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who still, by the way, rates above Trump in most presidential uh, scholar polling um, of how well polls have done, and he never got to be president because he was in a coma pretty much the whole time. Let's let me just, do yeah, do that, and then we got to do an ad, and then throw it to Matt. Once I just want to finish that. this point quickly. The point yeah. I was trying to make was the country has gone through a severe trauma, and this was actually before COVID had really taken off, and the economy crashed. We already had with Donald Trump. We already had all the noise and all the anxiety and this asshole who just won't shut the fuck up ever is always insecure and always picking fights and there's always you know problems to worry about and that people were just craving normalcy and it doesn't mean that biden shouldn't have a progressive agenda he should it's actually very popular in polls it just means he doesn't need to get in people's faces and scream about it and be a purity policeman and say you're not good enough because you don't agree with me 100 percent. it's pushing a progressive agenda in a smart well-messaged way and in a way that tells people we're going to go forward in an intelligent way and, you know, and, and not like, you know, have a revolution because that's not what people are looking for right now. And I think that's what it is, is that, we, you know, everybody is just, and, and, but I will say the thing that's grown more on me as Biden's been in there more is he does, you know, maybe this is part of this is the contrast with Trump is he does have a warmth to him that makes you like him. He's yes. a likable guy and, and that is an asset. So even if people are like, you don't love him, you're not, Kicking down walls like Obama, yeah, but you're like you want to vote for him because you like yeah. him and you think and you trust you trust he'll try him. to do nice He's things solid. and things that help people, and yeah. I think that matters. Yeah. Okay, not you crazy. Jump in with the ad. So yes, so folks, you know we all know that the Clean Phone Pro with its powerful UV lights kills bacteria and viruses that live on your cell phone, car and house keys, credit cards, earbuds, uh, face masks, and more. <laughs> but what happens when you're driving to the store? You reach for your face mask and realize you wore it yesterday. Ugh! I love Cliff that they throw these little things in the ads. Ugh! Like, Ugh. Are cool. yeah. <laughs> it's like I Batman. Pow! Bam! Um. 
Now you can sanitize that mask in under five minutes in your car because the Clean Phone Pro now ships with a powerful car plug adapter included in the package. So whether you're keeping safe at home or have to go out, you can have the benefits of the Clean Phone Pro with you and sanitize those constantly touched items anywhere at home, in the car, or at the office. Get the Clean Phone Pro now with a car plug adapter. Add the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout and you'll get free two-day shipping. Only you can defend yourself and your family from bacteria and virus, invisible as Trump says. Uh, get the new Clean Phone Pro package. Get KN95 face masks as well and free two-day shipping by adding the code SEXYLIBERAL. Still not clear on that point whether you get a free mask or not, but you'll, you have to check or whether they mean you can just buy the masks. Not very clear ad copy, but that's okay. Go to the newdealshop.com. That's the well, I'm not sure actually. You know what I mean? Like, Dang, it's not sure. Do they mean go. free masks or do they mean make sure you can also buy masks from us, which is kind of cool? Uh, yeah. so go to the new deal shop.com. We are done with the ads. Uh, back to hey, I want to make one more yes. point also because I was talking about the sort of the cacophony, the about noise, the cleanphone.com. Uh, oh, no. It sounds wonderful, but that, that wasn't no. the, the particular okay. point I was making. I mentioned okay. COVID, and what I also should have mentioned, and here's, again, a mm -hmm. reminder, NBC Wall Street Journal poll that just came out, Trump's handling of race relations. Approve 33%, disapprove 63%. <laughs> so again, okay, that may not quite be the 75-25, but there's another one, another poll showing you that it's not even in the ballpark of 50-50. You know, only one third. There's been this explosion because of 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 the way police have treated African Americans in this country, rightfully so, and people calling for change. And it's no longer just sort of you know uh, African Americans and then sort of people that have, are in cities or are close friends with African Americans. These things have happened in rural areas. You know, these these protests. These things have happened everywhere. You 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 see it in cultural change. And so Trump is dug in on this garbage. I did mention Confederate statues. And he's way on the wrong side of this issue. And in Biden, people are like, he cares. He wants to make things better. Just that's who I need right now. And I do think these are important factors. Um, and okay, go ahead, Matt. Well, it just makes me think of, you know, Paul Begala, uh, the uh, former uh, political operative CNN commentator. That's on our show, uh, on your show, right? Exactly. Yep. You're, 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 you know, he, he delivered a real gem. Uh, an appearance about ten years ago. I don't know. Maybe it was with John on, on one of these programs, hmm. where he said, "Look, there are basically only two messages in American politics. There's let's stay the course, or there's time for a change." So you do have to kind of ask yourself, what position is the Trump campaign in message-wise? Because what you, I agree a hundred percent with what Cliff is saying. Is it, you know, people are sort of telling pollsters they're reflecting back the idea that. They want to return to normalcy. They, they, they are done with the chaos. They really hate this amount of disruption. So is Trump a change candidate? People don't want more disruption. They don't want a revolution right now. They really do uh, want a, a return to something, although the messaging has shifted now a little bit with uh, Biden's, you know, build back better. There is a little bit of a sense, especially aligned with kind of the BLM protests, that we can't just get back to where we were. We do have to make things better than they were. But that that fundamental strain of return to normalcy that you pointed out in that uh, Daily News article, which, by the way, let me do an advertisement for that. That was a brilliant piece. Um, definitely worth a Google for uh, people listening. But I think that's fundamentally right. I think people, that's that's what people are telling pollsters. 
To hear the rest of this episode, become a premium subscriber to the Unprecedented Podcast by going to patreon.com slash unprecedentedpodcast. And with a $5 a month or more subscription, you not only support the show, but you get access to this episode and all of our premium episodes, including all of our great guests. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support.